The following program has been pre-recorded. This week on Belonging, we talked to Caleb Fitzgerald. We discussed what it means to be a practicing Catholic and the topic of vocation as a young adult. There was a, another girl and she was a young life leader. She was a cradle Catholic. And like we, we both like played a funny role in each other's deeper conversions because she didn't know very many of the answers. And I was like trying to convert her. <laughs> you know, and then later on she leads me, or is like plays a role in leading me to the church. On this episode of Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, next. Hello, friends of Nashville Catholic Radio. Our Messengers of Goodness Gala is just around the corner, November 12th at 6 p.m. Join us for a night of dinner and excitement. Meet the hosts of your favorite Nashville Catholic Radio shows. The Messengers of Goodness Gala is a celebration of our faith across the airwaves. Tickets and information available at NashvilleCR.com. And as always, thank you for your support of Nashville Catholic Radio. Every mile counts. Please join our neighbors from the St. Matthew Conference of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul for their third annual Friends of the Poor Walk-Run event, Saturday, September 18th at St. Cecilia Academy at 8 a.m. It may be hard to believe there are roughly 20,000 people in Nashville who don't know where their next meal is coming from. For more information, go to www.svdpfranklintn.org. Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio, the show for young adults here in the Diocese of Nashville. My name is Zach Jansen. We're joined by Father Gervon uh, as we are HWE co-hosting. And we're here in the Catholic Pastoral Center at the Oscar Romero Studio uh, here in Nashville. This week we're joined by Caleb Fitzgerald, a focused missionary uh, here and doing a lot with University Catholic. Uh, But we're here for a good show. It's a busy day. There's a 5K about to happen. Father's ready to run it. Not really. Run from if, it. The thing is, if I'm running, <laughs> run because something is after me. <laughs> I like that. Uh, well, Caleb, thanks for being here today. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, a, a month and a half here. Do you do you know your way around the city? Not is really. It, no, not at all. <laughs> Well, wow. Well, so tell me about your, your journey. For, for those who are not familiar with, with who you are, I guess we'll, maybe we'll have a lot of listeners uh, in, in the diocese here. Uh, give us a little bit of background about yourself and what, what brought you here to Nashville. Yeah, so uh, I'm a third year missionary with Focus. My previous assignments were uh, Jacksonville, uh, so University of North Florida. And then this past year was in Dusseldorf, Germany. Dusseldorf. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so I got here late July, because the German semesters, they do summer semesters, yeah. so kind of crash landed into Nashville. And uh, Well, that's amazing. Was that unique to go to Germany? Is that, I, I've never heard that with Focus, but they <laughs> yeah. said, they, 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 did you choose that, or did they send you there? Yeah, I, I choose it. So mm-hmm. I, um, Focus has five campuses yeah. in Europe, two in Germany, uh, oh, now it's six, uh, two in Germany, two in Austria, one in Dublin, and then one in England. That's amazing. Did you have a connection to Germany, or do you do you speak German pretty well? Yeah, so I'm I'm an army brat, and so right, okay, yeah. my dad was a German linguist, and so um, he like he joined the army out of high school, and they taught him German, and then uh, so I started studying in high school just because I thought it'd be fun to speak with him, and then I studied it, I majored in it for a couple of years in college, and so once I was on staff, they usually don't send first year missionaries just because it's like quite the adjustment sure um, and so but awesome. once German or once focus found out I spoke German they 
That's incredible. I hear it's a part of the world when you don't speak the language, they don't really like it when you speak English too much. Uh, I don't know. Germans are funny. They like <laughs> they speak they speak English really they well. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's definitely better if you speak the language. And mm-hmm. lots and lots of sausages. I can only imagine <laughs> sausages, brats, beer. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, Lots ki- of beer. Well, that's amazing. So what? So here you are finishing, I guess, high school and, and college. What, what drew you to the focus lifestyle then? Were you always a, a strong Catholic g- growing up and, and, and a strong Catholic family? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, op- uh, yeah, huh. so I grew up non-denominational. Okay. And then fell away in high school, like mm. wasn't really a Christian, and then had a pretty radical conversion through a ministry called Young Life. Um, yeah. And so I think you Chris Lee spoke about that yeah. a yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, he did too. And but initially I was pretty anti Catholic <laughs> to put it lightly. Really? And, uh, yeah, so then I met a series of uh, young life leaders who were faithful Catholics and so that kinda softened me up and then I became Catholic my junior year of college at Oklahoma State after meeting some of the focus missionaries and the crazy priest at uh, Oklahoma State, Father Carey. <laughs> wow. If you know him, you know him. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. Well, that's amazing. Even, I think that from, from a Catholic point of view, that's the most common word you hear is, or probably the most co- common religion almost is, is fallen away Catholics, but even fallen away just Christians in general, whichever denomination. What, what, what are your thoughts on that, Father? Just how, how quick and easy we can fall away and just kind of go through the motions and say, I'm just going to do life how I want it. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, like we go through a lot of phases in our faith life. So sometimes you go to church because your parents make you, so you don't really have any choice to, you just have to go. And then, you know, by the time that you gave your drive, you receive your driver's license, <laughs> it's like, I can do whatever I want because, mm-hmm. you know, I now can drive and can go whatever I want. So it's not like just have the faith, but like possess the faith, you know, mm-hmm. like this is my, this is something that, this is something that is part of my life, not something that is like, oh, somebody is making me enjoy. And I think if you really go through like conversion stories, that's kind of like all you see. At that moment, something happened that I understood that this is what I want. This is my faith. This is what I. And then you take upon yourself that faith, and then you go and you grow in your faith. And then like you know, Caleb was in college, and he's like something happened. You know, mm-hmm. he felt so many. He found so many people that can help him to. Oh, this is how you live your faith. Yeah. No, I was. I'm about to finish a podcast. It's like it was like three hours long. So it's, mm-hmm. I've been chipping away at it. But it was uh, Jordan Peterson and his conversation with um, Bishop Barron. Wow. The, the second one, like they they did one, I think a year ago. Mm-hmm. They were talking about why so many people are falling away from the faith, and like Jordan Peterson, they both agreed. But Jordan Peterson's like um, explanation was that our faith is really crazy, and it asks everything of us, not only in this life but <laughs> for all eternity. You know, mm-hmm. um, and like we're not doing a good enough job of like telling people to take responsibility. We're trying it, to soften it. Yeah, and explain the faith. You know, it's <laughs> like yeah, this is hard. But like a couple of weeks weekends ago, gospel. Are you going to leave too? Yeah. You know, are you going to leave too? This is, yeah, this is, it is. This is my, you know, this is my flesh. This is my blood. Are you going to leave? It's hard. I know that it's hard. Are you going to leave? Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the word being anti-Catholic, which I think some people are either that way or just uh, choose to just lovingly disagree and say, I just don't believe that. But a, f- a few months ago, I think when we had an episode on, uh, you know, what makes people either fall away or just not believe is people 
they don't like the church for what they think it teaches. I think that's Fonto Sheed who said that. Mm-hmm. People don't hate the church. They hate what they think the church is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did, you have, did you have thoughts about that at all growing up, that you thought they believed this and then you realized yeah, I mean something different? Yeah, so, yeah, I'd, I'd met Catholics at that point, but I'd never met a faithful Catholic. And so, wow. so like, I never, I didn't have qualms with, like, Catholic theology per se, but, like, I was like, if all I see is bad fruit, like, why should I even question that the tree is bad? Mm. And so, like, you know, I read scripture and it was like very clearly here says Jesus has brothers. So like, why do you think that Mary was a virgin for her whole life? <laughs> you know, and so. Yeah, and I think that's, that, that's the interpretation of the Bible is like, oh, you know, sometimes I like to joke with Protestants, like, do you like the Bible? It's like, yeah, you welcome. You know, like, <laughs> we put that together. But it's like, and that's the thing that, the non-denomination or whatever other, you know, denominations or non-denomination is like, I can choose to believe in whatever I understand that it is, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so I can just, and it's funny because sometimes, you know, even like, oh, I only believe in the Bible. It's like, okay, so what are you, what about John 2019? (laughs) It's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Those things are forgiven, are forgiven. Oh, I never saw, but you have to understand. Oh, now you have to understand the context, the pretext. So, but if we really, you know, it's like you can't, you cannot understand the Bible just by reading and you making that interpretation. Mm-hmm. You have to go and say, what does it, what the author says, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, whenever you see Matthew, he is writing for some people who do not really believe or were Jews. So, he explained more on the, all the Jewish traditions and everything. John is a more theological. So you can't put every you cannot put everything in a in a pot and say, hey, you know, sometimes the Protestants do this. This verse says that and this verse says mm-hmm. that it's like, well, but what is the context? You cannot put even the synoptic gospels, each one of them were write, written for a specific people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it when I was like a faithful non-denominational Christian, it, it took a, it just took a lot of energy because you, I guess like a way to imagine it is like you're carrying, you're like trying to get out the door, you have your backpack and like, you're like, oh, I need this book, oh, my drink, like, and you're like carrying all these things and then like you realize you need to grab more and more things and like you don't even know what you're holding really <laughs> because like there's kind of this like recency bias of like, yes, I just read this, Jesus said do this, like don't turn your face away from the poor or something like, okay, I have to do that. And that's what being a Christian is like. And like, you just have to keep doing that. Whereas like as a Catholic, it's like, I don't have to be an expert on all of scripture to actually be faithful. Like I can just look something up if I felt mm-hmm. confused or whatever. I, I like the term uh, faithful Catholic. Even when you said growing up that you never met a, a faithful one. And I go back to what you mentioned a couple weeks ago or months ago, you, you you asked me, what does it mean to be, even be a practicing Catholic? Yeah. And I was so slow to answer. Yeah, I, I was I was talking to Father Eric yesterday, late oh, at night, and we were talking. Out. You know, we were talking, <laughs> and, and it was like, you were talking about Vanderbilt and talking about, you know, like all those, how many, how many you know, Catholic, or even I think it's like 30% of Vanderbilt is Catholic. And I said, mm-hmm. Father, at least we know they are baptized Catholic. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah, Isaac. And he was talking because at one time he was at um, Fort Campbell, yeah. you know, at <clears throat> Conception. It's like, he's like, yeah. And he said, I believe that Vanderbilt and, and Fort Campbell is the two biggest institutions that have more baptized Catholics. Mm-hmm. How are they living their faith? Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of, 
And I, I normally have an issue. We talked about this before. What does it mean, faithful Catholic or practicing Catholic? I mean, you are you either are or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you see it in those kids? At, are you at Vanderbilt or Belmont? I'm at Belmont. Okay. Do you see, even at Belmont, which is, we joked when I was there a few years ago, that's almost a Catholic school now. 20, 20% Catholic. That's, isn't that amazing? So do, do you see that in the, um, I guess maybe the, it, this is the start of the year too, when they have all the, when you're trying to get as many kids as you can come out of high school that are looking for a home. Or do you see, even in the ones that have been there for years, ones that have may, maybe are, are baptized Catholics, but have not been so much, uh, I guess, participating or like we said, practicing. Uh, do, do you see those students and say, how can I, how can I be a friend to them or just be a, a lend a hand? Uh, I mean, honestly, <clears throat> so far we've been on campus multiple times and the first time we brought this cutout of the Pope <laughs> and it's like really <laughs> funny. You get, yeah. you get a, a di- diverse set of reactions to it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of laughing. And though. some people, if they're Catholic, oh, no, that's my guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was funny because they were like, hey, you got a picture of the Pope? And then we had so many <laughs> different answers like, oh, no, thank you. Or oh, I'm okay, thank you. You know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, um, I don't know. I, I can sense like a shyness because there's like some people who I can see like their face kind of lights up a bit when they see Pope Francis and like whatever. But like they don't. It does. It seems like a lot of them don't want to be identified as Catholics because it's a. Uh, it's not cool. Yeah, it's not, yeah. And, and it's hard to, you know, it's hard to defend. It takes like courage to defend yeah, the faith. Yeah, and if I, if I, yeah, and I think that the other thing is if I don't understand my faith, how can I defend my faith? Yeah, and it's not, if it is not something that is mine. You know, I went to church because uh, my parents made me or whatever, and then parents have control until, you know. And that's kind of, there are two things that first semester college students struggle, eating and sleeping. <laughs> because for the first time of their life, nobody's telling them what to do. <laughs> they can eat whatever they want, and they can sleep whatever time they want. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of it's funny because in the first semester we all went through that. Mm. I'm, and then I like we have like the fifteen pounds that you you know <laughs> yeah, because I have 15. all this food and like after you and I can't eat hamburgers every day. It's like yeah you can, <laughs> but there are consequences for your ex. Mm-hmm. You know the same way sleep. You know like oh I can sleep whatever and then you become you know sleep deprived and all that stuff. But it's those are the two things that every first semester every first. Um, Every uh, freshman will struggle mm-hmm. because it's the first time that they have that power in their hands to do whatever they want. Because freedom you get, is not doing whatever you want. Whenever but that's what we think it is. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I grew up thinking, but it's to do what you ought to do. Huh? Yeah, but then it's like, okay, so freedom comes with consequences. Mm. And then it's like, oh, I actually better go to sleep. Otherwise, <laughs> it's going to be bad next morning. Oh. You were mentioning, too, all the... Uh, I guess some of those topics of, of like the Catholics you see at school who maybe just, I think you said don't, sometimes they don't know what they believe or know, or know why I was talking to Jim on the way in, how he heard a good uh, speaker from, from an RCIA program at his church. Um, but I, I always hear the beauty of, of that program is people are, are bringing all the questions that they can. There's um, especially if you're going through it or even if you're a cradle Catholic, maybe, maybe mentoring the program or, or mentoring someone and, and just asking so many questions. Like why did, why, why, and just, man, being a skeptic, did, did you feel that same way uh, coming to the church, or do you see that in college students that you encounter on campus? I mean, I think something that came to mind when, like, we were talking about the 
like not having the answers is like there was a another girl and she was a young life leader with me so i was like already christian leading young life but not catholic yet Mm -hmm. and she was a cradle catholic and like we we both like played a funny role in each other's deeper conversions because like she didn't she was she went to mass she you know like did everything that a practicing Catholic does, but she didn't know very many of the answers. And I was like trying to convert her. <laughs> and so I was just laying into her with all these objections that I had and she didn't have any of the answers. So that summer, we weren't really friends for like a year after that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. But she goes home, like looks up all the answers and like goes way deeper in her faith just in case I come back at her, you know? And then like, um, you know, and then later on she leads me, or is like plays a role in leading me to the church. Um, and so I think like, I think right now there's just so much extremism with like any ideas. It's like, you know, if you don't agree with me, then it's not right. Or yeah. Like, both, confirmation. Bias. Both sides are drifting further and further. <clears throat> and I think it's because it takes a lot of courage to be in the middle of like whatever it is, you know, whether it's like liking cats or dogs or being a Republican or Democrat, like it takes courage to like maintain that balance. And like, it's way easier just to be like, no, I'm, I'm an extremist. Like, I don't have to think about your side. I can just, and then I can just silence everything that, or everybody that doesn't agree with me and yeah. don't have to worry about. The cool thing about being Catholic is that there is an answer for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that somehow on the, on the way people are like, oh, Father, YouTube is, no, that's my job. <laughs> to come, to you know, to, come to, to come you. and to talk to you. It's like, if you have questions, I am the one who went to school for eight years. <laughs> yeah. You know, you if you have, if you're sick, you don't go to the you know to the I don't know to Kroger and say, "Hey, guy, who's putting the the groceries there?" You go to a doctor. I mean, that person study I don't know how many years to be a doctor and answer your questions. And somehow, we have that mentality that priests are too busy. Mm. Like, yeah, we are, but that's who we are I mean that's why we're here so if we, you know in the missionaries and, and there are some things people come to me and say war is there it's like hold on I started this in the seminary but hold on let me let me get back to you and it's mm-hmm. okay to say I don't know but I will you know I will find the answer for that I, will, there is a, I know there is a reason for that mm-hmm. there is an answer for that and then and our job as Catholics, because it's not only for the priests, it's for all baptized. Mm-hmm. We have the mission to go and proclaim the good news. I think we all grew up that way and not knowing how to, especially in a, in a public school environment or, or wherever you might be at, and not be able to explain why you grew up believing what you do. I like the guess we had Mrs. Bolster, right? The, oh, yeah. the public's evangelist and all that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, but that's the thing is like, we growing up, we always go to the church and dip our hands on, on the holy water and cross yourself. Why is that? Mm-hmm. To remind us of our baptism. So that everything that we do, even if we don't know, there is a reason for that. Now, why do we start messing with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? So all those questions, and sometimes, like, I don't know, that's what we do. Yeah. I guess Catholics do this, this way, <laughs> and we're going to do And it's funny that it's not until we find a non-Catholic, you start to, to ask those crazy questions like, that's weird. Mm-hmm that help us to think about like no there is a reason mm-hmm. for so here you are entering yeah is this is year three of your focus yeah work so what, what, what how is this place in your life different than others i guess than than florida and even germany too big difference in nashville is there anything different changing as far as your role as a focused missionary or is it to kind of do the same thing you've always been doing and uh br- bringing people closer 
to Christ. I'd say the biggest difference this year is that I'm engaged. So. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. When are you getting married? You. Yeah. Okay. Wow. When are you getting married? <laughs> I'm getting married April 30th. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Is that right after Easter? Right, I think. Something like A couple that, weeks yeah. after. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Well, so yeah. you're on that journey of your vocation. Huh? Yeah. So now I've never had to. Well, I guess last year I had, like, we were dating and then engaged for sure. a portion of the year, but. Um, we were long distance, like until August 1st. So yeah. it was a bit easier to figure out the boundaries. Well, so will Nashville be your home then as a, as a married couple? Or yeah. For, yeah. If, as long as I'm a missionary here. That, wow. That's yeah. incredible. So definitely the young men and all can look up to you as folks. That's a big thing when you're thinking at 18 to 22 is what am I supposed to do with my life? Like more than my career, am I supposed to be married? And mm-hmm. Uh, when is your marriage? Uh, June fourth of next year. June fourth. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow, there you go. Yeah, so it's a it's a real real blessing. So you you, you kind of discerned that the past three years as a missionary then or um, going so, through. Yeah, so I met her at training. Mm-hmm. So she she was a missionary for two years. She just left staff. She was at University of Louisville, um, and so um, met her at training. And then the first year of training, you're on a dating fast. So both of us were on the dating fast. Yeah. Wow. So I just had to sit on my hands for a year. I knew I wanted to ask her out the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, then we're long distance. Just have division. That's what I want. Just have to wait a year. No, but it's, it's really funny because, um, last year my team was another engaged person. And then, um, well, like we got engaged, she separately got engaged to her now husband, like I think two weeks before I proposed. So like, so somebody else who was engaged, and then my team director was um, married with now three kids. And so it was <laughs> yeah. funny going from like being one of the babies to like now coming here, and I'm the second oldest and the furthest vocationally along of of both teams. And so now I'm like the vocational grandpa. You know? <laughs> yeah, really. And it must be just oh, like, my time. I remember. <laughs> exactly. You young kids. <laughs> well, what an intentional way you get, you get to live now uh, as, as a missionary. That preparing for marriage, too. Is, is that how it's felt? Is this, is this week one of school starting, I guess? This is the, the second week. Second week. Wow. <clears throat> no, I mean, you, you mentioned intentional. And I think... Um, I remember, I think it was my, I don't remember who it was, but one of my, a person of authority within focus was explaining to me that the main difference between like a missionary and then just a normal Catholic is like not any level of authority necessarily, but actually just like intentionality that like, we're like looking at our week saying, how can I evangelize? And so now I think this year it's kind of just that on steroids because it's like still doing that, but now I have another human being to worry about. <laughs> wow. I think that's, that's so and powerful. I can have the, so she's a focused missionary as well. She was, she was, Yeah. but just to have that in common, I guess, understanding the real purpose of marriage. I was kind of joking that, you know, people are talking about marriage outside, but what's the whole purpose? And he, and he was, this man out here in the lobby was saying that it's, it's not so you can, you can, a version will make me feel good or that they'll make me happy. I mean, have you re- learned that too, that the whole purpose is to lead each other to heaven? Yeah. I was, Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was, uh, so when I was on the dating fast, I was like, I'd felt I discerned marriage, but I was like frustrated because I was like, well, I can't date anybody, so how can I discern it anymore? And so I really, I studied linguistics, so I really enjoy looking up words and their roots and everything. And Mm -hmm. so I learned that vocation is um, from the Latin word vocare. It's your call. Yeah, so. (laughs) That's an answer too. So it's it's your calling, and then it's like your call to sanctity, and there's no sanctification without suffering. <laughs> so then, you know, by definition, your vocation is like 
it's how you're getting to heaven, but it's like the source of most of your suffering. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, so then I was like, okay, this, this woman won't be like, you know, she's not going to make me happy all the time. She's actually going to be the source of my suffering. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, really? That's, that's the most powerful thing I heard. Uh, you know, lo- love Jason Everett so much, but he always says, you know, how are you supposed to love your bride and then look up at the cross? And that's, that's how he got his bride to heaven. Yeah, what, and it's just that, 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 that passage that say, you know, Wives be submissive, submissive <laughs> to your husband, but then the husband have the worst part. <laughs> Husbands, love your wife mm. like Christ wow. loves His church. Mm. Like whoa, <laughs> talking about <laughs> job. Yeah. yeah, that was the reading a couple weeks ago, wasn't yeah. it? I remember for, for the Sunday. It's a, it's always funny because like, are you going to preach about this? I know I work with college students. We don't <laughs> preach about that. Well, geez. Well, Caleb, thank you for being on the show today, for sure, for sure in your life. So you're, you're, you're ready to go then for this whole fall semester and preparing for marriage next year. Uh, oh. The sacrament of matrimony, as they have to say. Uh, Indeed. Oh, well, thank, thank you, Caleb, for, yeah. for being here, for sharing your story, uh, for understanding what it means to have that vocation and to be a, a, what it means to be a practicing Catholic even. So, Caleb, thank you so much. Yeah. So, Caleb, just to, so we can finish this, yeah. uh, if you have, uh, since you are uh, older man... <laughs> You already have your vocation established. <laughs> you already know everything. I knew I, I, knew I was going to pay for some vocational grandpa. <laughs> so for those people who are lost and watching this show right now, what do you say? How how can you, in about like two or three seconds, but it'll be more than that, uh, how, how, what advice do you give to them? Um, yeah, I guess being a convert, there's a lot of words that are thrown around that like nobody actually defines or breaks down and vocation is definitely one. So, um, but then I think the other one is discernment and like, um, somebody told me that, um, discernment has to be prayerful. Otherwise you're just doing stuff and it has to be, um, active. Otherwise you're just like sitting there thinking about it or or praying, I guess. But, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just, I think in terms of discernment, if you're discerning your vocation, then like you need to be praying about it consistently and you need to be taking the simplest next step, you know, it doesn't have to be whipping out the seminary application, but it should be like, <laughs> what are the liturgy of the hours like? Or, you know, even just Googling stuff, I guess. Awesome. Thank you. Find that discernment. Thank you, Caleb. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yep. And uh, thank you to everyone in our listening audience, to Father Javon as well, for always being there to guide us. Uh, remember, you can find our show wherever you get your podcast by searching for Belonging for Young Catholic Adults. You can find us on the radio right there in your car at 100.5. FM on WBOU.org. Special thank you to Kayla Fitzgerald. Uh, Jim Crow does a lot with our show. Uh, my name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio.